Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. Very nice. Yes, we're back once again. It's been a little while, I guess, since we recorded one, but just got back from the Jamboree last weekend, so that yeah. was a good time. So very good time. Definitely. It's hard to believe uh, it's already already went by. We're already yeah, sitting the second week of August. It was here and then it was gone. <laughs> yeah, that's how it always goes. Yep, now we got hunting seasons coming up and everything. So, um, the uh, let's see. I guess we'll just kind of set the stage for this sort of episode this week. Zach and I are just going to kind of – we haven't done one, just Zach and I, in quite a while. I don't even remember the last time. Probably one of the first ones we did, I guess, maybe. Or maybe last fall we did another one. But. Yeah, I can't remember. It's been quite a while. That's so, for sure, though. Yeah, but we're just going to kind of chat about some antelope hunting because that's fresh on everybody's mind here and getting ready to head out and do that. I know, Zach, you're leaving tomorrow. Yep. Wyoming so it's exciting but yeah we'll, t- we'll touch on that um but yeah um I guess before we jump into anything super major Zach you want to just run over uh, I know you were at the meeting um at Halsey um you just want to touch on any highlights of that and anything yep. members need to be aware of Absolutely. So I don't have my meeting minutes here, but uh, hopefully by the next episode, I'll have them here to read out the fine details for you. But some of the highlights, um, if anybody's interested, there's a deer survey that Nebraska Game and Parks actually wants to do a trial run with the NBA before they do it with the public. So uh, I we brought that up and talked about it, and everyone seemed really interested in doing it. And we don't have the details yet or what you know what it's going to be what it's going to look like how you can access it and fill it out but i emailed luke back and he's going to move forward with that getting that all set up for us so as soon as i have information on that i can get that to you um discuss basically you know just how halsey went we i thought we had a great turnout there you know considering everything going on it it looked fairly normal i mean everything but the barbecue we had a lot of new members show up actually and uh, I heard a lot of feedback from them, how they, how the, you know, they fell in love with it. They thought it was the best. I heard comments. It's the best 3d event in the state of Nebraska. And, you know, all the, all the new people showed up. They just, everyone welcomed them in and they, they talked about how much they enjoyed it. And I guarantee you they'll be back. So big yeah. shout out to the NBA members there. welcoming in new people and giving them that Halsey experience. And a big thank you to everyone who stepped up and helped out down there at, made a big difference there having a lot of volunteers so uh yeah other than that you know nothing too major to discuss like i said next time i'll have my uh meeting minutes here to read off and touch up on anything i missed yeah no no worries i'm sure um yeah sounds like you hit the high points so it's good yeah yeah, man. No, Halsey, though, um, I guess we were going to touch on that a little bit. That's, uh, you know, I know we talk about it frequently. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, it just every year, it just is one of the highlights of the year for sure. 
or anything, yeah, not just you know, NBA events, but uh, exactly. It's almost like it. Ever since you know I got into bow hunting, it's almost like it's just that one last event that's kind of like the dying end of summer and the beginning of season. You know, it's just like that transition. Halsey's always that marker for me that you switch from summer to fall mode right there. You get to shoot bows with your buddies and have a good time with them and hang out and eat some good food. It, it's always just that, I mean, it's one of your highlights, like you said, every single year. You yeah. have a chance to sharpen up a couple of weeks before season. But. Definitely. Yeah, and I know we've said it before, but if anybody's listening to this and they've never been, definitely encourage you to come next year, come check it out. You know, hopefully hopefully things will be a little bit more normal next year. Um, you know, I would say, I mean, normal from a standpoint of just in the world, but right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. for the most part, you know, things were pretty normal-ish at Halsey other than we didn't have the barbecue and whatnot. Yep. I think I mean, attendance-wise, we were fairly close to normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. It didn't seem to be lacking anyways yeah that was encouraging to see because i didn't really know what to expect i guess i mean i was only there for i guess i got there friday and had to go home saturday but um but yeah it seemed like it seemed just like regular old halsey everybody so but yeah and then uh um yeah 3d ranges um i mean uh i think your your dad was in charge of those right exactly yep yeah, he did a great job with those, and I think I heard lots of good things from everybody. And Yeah, he had a lot of good help, too. A lot of those guys showed up a week early and, yep. and had those targets up in no time, and especially tearing them down, too, had a ton of help doing that. So, yeah. once again, a big thanks to all those people who helped out. It makes our job a lot easier. Yeah, no, definitely. It's much appreciated for, you know, it's – it's uh doesn't take very long if you got plenty of people but it can take a long time <laughs> if you don't have very exactly much right yeah so yeah no it's it's good uh and then did i uh well i guess I, I don't touch on that for a minute but um yeah but i mean geez shot some good rounds i guess we shot together quite a bit um, yeah we did somehow i got uh paired up to go against you and josh and uh, for the for the, the first round the first round of the Saturday uh, partner tournament thing that we do, but that's all right. We, we, we tried to hang in there. So <laughs> yeah, it was fun anyways. Yeah, no, it was good. And you guys ended up winning it, right? Which was yeah, no major surprise, but yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, we had some good matches. I can tell you that. And I don't know too, that shooting against like partners and we were keeping score too, it adds a little pressure. It almost, yeah, oh, it's good. It's good practice. You know, it's it not just sitting there shooting a target, no pressure, putting a little pressure on is awesome practice. I think, in my opinion, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I should uh, while we're talking about it, Josh, should just throw a plug in because um, I know he tried to give us a lot of exposure this weekend just with his platform on Instagram and and everything. But if you guys haven't checked out their instagram page do they have a facebook page too zach i would assume. yeah they do yeah yeah it's bow only outdoors um is there um i don't know i guess would you call it a company i, I guess probably or their page or yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, they have a lot of good content on there. Um, they do a learn archery series too, where they, um, just a lot of good information. Like anybody that's starting out, you know, bow hunting, trying to learn how to shoot a bow, they've got some really good videos and I think a lot of them on YouTube, right? And yep. They have a YouTube channel. Yep. Bow in the outdoors yep. Too, so. so yeah, check those guys out if you, if you haven't or, um, couple of really good guys josh and micah i think it's just those two right i'm just i don't want to yep. leave anybody out yep. but okay yeah yeah we, uh, we're hoping to have him on this week actually yeah. but he's tied up at work and stuff so hopefully sometime in the next couple of weeks we can get him on here because yeah like you said they just it's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to shooting and hunting just everything so yeah, yeah Chuck is an incredible shot um you know some of you may may have seen him at the Cornhusker State Games. I think he what won a couple different things. I don't remember for sure what he what he won. And he said it set a new state record, broke his own record. That's right. There, so. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> That's uh, for sure. And he's a good very good shot. So but yeah, it's fun to shoot with them and yeah. I mean we had a we had some good rounds. Um and then, yeah, I don't know, you, you worked the, what you helped with the silhouette shoot, right, Zach? And Yep. yep. Uh, I didn't really hear how, how did the other, I mean, as far as like the novelty shoots, did those go pretty well? Did you? No, the novelty yeah. shoots, it, it seemed like they were down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know why, honestly. I guess I didn't hear like balloon shoot and stuff, but I heard like some of the others, there weren't quite as many, but, yeah, you know, that's guess that's kind of to be expected on a year like this maybe you don't yeah. want to be standing around big crowds and stuff yeah i think that's probably got a lot to do with it but um yeah i guess no barbecue this year but i mean we had some good food fish fry on friday night that was good um yeah i don't know anything else about the jamboree i guess that's i don't think so just Really good year overall. I mean, I was impressed with it. Yeah. And again, if you haven't been there, first weekend in August, always. Get there. Get there, for sure. Yeah. So, perfect. Well, I guess with that, why don't we switch gears and uh, let's talk some antelope hunting. Sounds good to me. So, tell us about your upcoming trip here. Why don't, you, why don't we just start with that? Oh man, so it's gonna be my first solo trip. I'm a little excited, nervous, anxious for that. Uh, so basically, back in the spring, I was kind of looking at something to do before school started this fall, and just got on Onyx and started calling. I don't know how many people I called, and finally I got a hold of this old rancher and said, "Yeah, come on out. We got antelope, you know." and so I found a place to hunt and marked it on Onyx, made a few more calls and, you know, didn't find anything. Found a couple of places that were asking a lot of money, I can tell you that. But, uh, no, long story short, I ended up getting permission on this place and uh, applied. And I had a 95% chance of drawing the tag with zero points. And based on last year's odds, and I drew and I went and looked at the odds this year, and it turns out after I drew is about a 64, 65% chance. So that in the first place tells you how many more people are applying for tags this year. Yeah. And that's a, it's a big trend I've noticed. 
across all states, you know, Idaho selling out for the first time, um, record license sales in other states and Wyoming. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh, people are getting sick of sitting around. They're going stir crazy. I'm yeah. one of them. Um, but no, anyways, that's where I'm going to be kicking off. I went out there a few weeks ago, scouted, saw, saw some goats out there. Um, saw some muleys. It's definitely some different terrain than I've hunted antelope in before. Um, there's, it's uh, north of Lusk there, um, about 20 minutes or so, that Lands Creek area. And it's, that was my first time being in that area. And it, uh, it, it gets some rough stuff there. They got some sage flats and, you know, some rolling hills, but there's some rocky deep cuts around there too, which makes it great for muleys. Um, so the plan is they're really dry out there. I think my best bet's going to be sitting water. I found a water hole when I was out there. There were quite a few tracks around, you know, got eyes on a buck, you know, a little under a half mile north of that water hole, which gave me an idea that he was probably using that. He had some does with him. Yep. So I think I'm going to start there, go out there and set a ground blind there. I'm going to leave early in the morning and watch that hole and see what hits it check out some other holes got two blinds with me so i think i'm going to set one up and sleep in it and hunt opening day over water and go from there i mean that's that's my plan i can't say that i plan on sitting there for a couple days you know i might get antsy and go out and try spot and stock i just love that too much but yeah yeah. consistent water hole that they're hitting you know i I like punching tags and I like eating antelope. So yep. that's what I got to do. That's what I got to do. Yeah, for sure. Going to sleep in the blind, huh? Yeah. First time doing that too. So yeah. that'd be good. Sleep. Heck yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. I figure, figure instead of hiking back and forth between yeah. the tent and the blind, you know, I borrowed a cot from, from Aaron and going to set it up in there and just sleep in there. So sounds like a good plan to me. You know, I never really thought about that, but that's probably not a bad way to go. Just yeah, I thought it'd be worth a shot anyways. Yeah, heck yeah. Well, that'd be fun, man. I hope, uh, man, I hope you have some some success. I'm jealous you get yeah. to go home already. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's hard to believe it's here. I mean, I feel like it's almost like Christmas Eve almost. Waited all summer. Now, it's, now the season's here. You wait around and wait around and boom. Before you know it, it's time to go. Yeah. I mean, I guess Nebraska opens, what, next, a week from today, right? I mean, yeah, the 20th, yeah. a week from today. I'm sure uh, I'm sure many people will be getting out that weekend. I'm sure you are, aren't you? Uh, not that weekend. I'm planning uh, planning my yearly trip probably over Labor Day, I think, is what yep. I'm yep. – Last year, I, I think we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, I went out there that first weekend and – it just seemed to me like the bucks were just all still kind of grouped up, you know? Um, and so it made it kind of tough hunting. Cause I mean, you know, I, you know, if I can, I'll, I, I prefer to just try to, you know, stock a lone buck. Cause yeah. that's probably my best odds. And, um, you know, I honestly don't, I, I mean, I've certainly tried, stocking in on you know groups but um it just seems like uh, there's just too many eyes and you know you make just the tiniest little mistake and you're just gonna be you know you're gonna 
going to get exposed and get yeah. – uh, um, they're going to see it. But. It's a whole so, different game when a buck's got does with them or other bucks. I mean, their eyesights are phenomenal. I mean, yeah, you can see 270 degrees and pick you out from a mile away. I mean, they, you got more than one set of eyes, your odds go down significantly. For sure. Um, and so, yeah, as, as a result of that last year, I, I just felt like, you know, I mean, I saw, I think I saw a group of, and on this little piece of this property that I hunt within probably, you know, a square mile, there was a group of nine bucks. There was a group of five bucks and there was a group of four bucks. And so it's like, so, so it's like, you know, it's like, you know, and and I didn't have really a chance at any of them, honestly. I mean, they were all in spots that were like, you're, there's just no way you're going to ever be able to even think about stocking them, you know? And so, so I kind of decided last year, I was like, you know what? Like I'm going to come later because I feel like if I come a couple weeks after that, that those groups will probably be split up. Um, and I thought, you know, and, and I, last year I remember too thinking, man, I'm not seeing as many antelope. And I think probably some of that was just that they were all grouped up, you know? And, probably when you're thinking about you know hiking over the landscape well you see a buck here a couple bucks here a buck and a few does here but um but if they're all bunched up then you may walk a whole pasture and not see any you know but they're just in the next pasture over but there's um but they use all that landscape it's just they're all when they're all bunched up like that then they're not you know obviously you're only going to see them if you see the whole group so um and so i just decided that yeah i'm going to go a couple weeks later and um hopefully that'll make a difference um i've been hunting this place for a number of years now i don't even remember how many probably at least four or five um and i've only ever the first year first year we went we went a little bit i think we went over labor day weekend that year um and i don't even honestly remember if it was any different or not, but, but I'm going to find out, I guess. So, <laughs> but the past few years I've been there pretty early and, oh, yeah. and as I, as I thought about it more, you know, it seems, seems like that's been kind of the story the past couple of years. So. Yeah. Especially when you go later, they're starting to rut, you know, kicking those other bucks out of the group and yep. Yep. See some of those lone bucks roaming around looking for does. So I think that's, that's the time to do it anyways. I love hunting antelope in the rut. So. Yeah, they're pretty incredible when they start chasing each other, man. Just like, you think they're going to stop? Nope, they just keep going. <laughs> just yeah, like, they don't quit. But, but yeah, no, I'm heading out. I mean, I'll just do, usually I just make a long weekend out of it. You know, end up being there for three or four days. And yep. If I get one, I get one. If I don't, that's pretty much it for antelope for the year just the one trip most of the time but um especially probably this year i don't think i'll make it out there again but don't blame me you got an elk tag in your pocket gotta get ready for that yep um but yeah you know i just made a little note as you were talking zach you know um you know we talk about i know we've talked about it before but especially spot and stock hunting um, you know, and I kind of mentioned to you earlier that, you know, maybe try to use 
some of our old hunts and maybe successes and failures both to try to, you know, give some, give the listeners some insight into hunting antelope and stuff. But real generally, you just want to talk about using, I mean, I know you hunt a lot in the sand hills and obviously there's a lot of terrain features in the sand hills, but, you know, just talk about using the terrain to your advantage and, you know, what that looks like when you're hunting antelope and, um, yeah, you want to just touch on that a little bit? I can yeah. check in too, but. Absolutely. So if you've hunted the sand hills, I don't know, in my opinion for spot and stock antelope, man, it, it, it doesn't get much better, at least when you find the good stuff anyways. I mean, it's almost like when you get into that choppy stuff in the sand hills, it's made for spot and stock antelope. You see them out in like Wyoming on flats and stuff, trying to stock antelope on that, man, good luck. I mean, you can do it, but it's tough. Um, I guess, you know, first off is finding the antelope. That's, that's a big thing, especially out here. You know, we don't have a ton, but uh, I guess, you know, when you do find them, you got a good chance of getting on them. And so to start out, I, you know, I like to get out there right at first light. Those antelope, I mean, that first, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so after that sun cracks the horizon, we call them glow dots. You can see them things naked eye from a mile or two away. I mean, you can just see dots out there in the hills and it's like, yep, there's an antelope. And it's crazy. Once the sun gets up a little, those things will blend in and you can see them through binoculars if you wanted. So uh, that's, that's, that's the key to finding antelope for me anyways, is finding them early in the morning. When that sun's coming up, they're going to stick out like a sore thumb. You can see them with your naked eye. So once you get eyes on them, you know, I usually spot them from quite a ways away. 90% of the time is usually how it goes. So you can cut the distance pretty quick because, I mean, once antelope are on their feet, it's hard catching up with them. So I usually cut the distance pretty quick, you know, don't get too close to the herd, then I'll get an eye on them and kind of, you know, look at the train features. If they're on a big flat, you know, I'll kind of just sit still and watch what they do. If they're kind of in some choppy stuff, I might try getting a little bit closer. That way I don't lose them. So anyways, what I like to do and uh, kind of what I mentioned to Brian when we were talking about hunting elk, how he kind of coyotes the herd and follows them, um, it reminded me how we hunt antelope. You know, I, I like to get an eye on the herd and just stay, you know, a few hundred yards behind them until they get into somewhere that I see is stockable. And what I consider stockable is, you know, kind of some choppy sand hills. If they're on a big flat or like in a draw or something, you know, I odds aren't great. You know, when you can find somewhere where you can pop over little knobs and stuff and they're feeding away from you, you got a good chance of getting a shot at them. Um, so yeah, I usually wait till they get in some choppy stuff where I got some train to work with where I can, you know, weave around and they're feeding in little pockets and stuff where I can pop up for a shot if I need to. But I'll just follow them usually until they go into something like that and then decide what kind of move I'm going to make. Um, as far as, you know, following them and having them bed, uh, I've thought about that before. And, you know, I have had them bed, but antelope, from everything I've experienced anyways, they don't bed for too dang long. So if they do bed and you want to make a move on them bedded, you better make it quick. Um, I've had, you know, I've, I don't know if we've talked about it on here, trying to circle antelope. Um, that I've found hasn't been very effective either. They move so quick. I don't think you're going to ever get in front of them unless, you know, 
or Usain Bolt or something. Yeah. They, they cover way too much ground. That's, that's the thing about antelope. You better be ready to put on some miles when you find them because they're going to cover a lot of ground in, you know, a little amount of time. And you're talking putting on 10, 12 miles average a day if you find some. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, biggest thing is, man, I love when they just get in some of those choppy little little hills, you know, with some cuts and stuff in it where I can work with, you know, making moves and I'm not out in the open and I can follow them and see them pop over a knob. I can sprint up there, hit, hit my belly. You know, if they're feeding down below me, you can work with the shot there. They feed into another little, you know, set of choppy hills or something. You just basically just got to follow them until they make a mistake and go into somewhere where you can make a move on them. Yeah. Uh, I like to use the term cautiously aggressive on them. Yeah. They aren't mule deer where you inch along step by step. You do that, they're going to be five miles ahead of you before you get a chance at them. So cautiously aggressive, you know, make quick work of it when they can't see you. Stay on them, um, but don't be stupid and, you know, go too quick to where you bust them out of there because I've done that more times than I'd like to admit. But as far as Nebraska goes, no, on the sand hills, spot and stock's pretty much your best bet. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, all the stuff you said, yeah, definitely completely agree with. You know, I was thinking about, you were talking about, you know, sort of coyoting them a little bit and trying to, you know, if, when they go over a lip or something, hurry up there as quick as you can. Yeah. Thinking about last year, I had this, uh, had this buck. I was actually – it was windier than heck that day, and there was this buck. I was actually in my pickup, driving along, and I kind of, like, came out into this opening. And I look up on this hill, and there's this buck standing there, and somehow didn't see me, didn't hear me. I think it was just so windy, and um, and he was eating, you know, eating. And he was, I mean, he's probably, I don't know, three, 400 yards away, so he's quite a ways away, but, you know, still well within his – sight to be able to see you know and um so anyway, I slam on the brakes and back up and um and uh you know I then kind of back my pickup up so I was out of his view get all my stuff out creep back up there and watch him and he's kind of feeding up this hill um I'm facing east and he's kind of feeding sort of south I guess east southeast kind of up this hill and so I just kind of, like you said, I just waited, um, just sort of sat there, watched him, watched him. He's feeding up this hill, feeding up this hill, and then, boom, goes over the top. One thing I would mention about that is, though, don't just go barreling over there as soon as they go over that hill because I don't know how many times I feel like they uh, – I, I always try to wait a little bit because – seems like they'll go over that hill and then it's almost like they kind of I don't I don't think they turn around but it's like they kind of like sort of come back up a little bit to just peek over again you know and like sort of like making sure that something isn't following them so I guess that would be one thing I'd say is just you know watch give them a second you know give them give them a minute you know to make sure yes they're over the hill I can't see their horn. They're not coming back. Like, and then yes. And then bust your butt to get over there as quick as you can. Cause 
I'm trying to remember if it was that one or a different one, but I think he might have even done that. He where he kind of went over, and I thought I I thought he was gone, but I was like, no, just hold on for a second. So I waited, and then I think I don't know if I was glassing with my binoculars or if I just saw it with my naked eye, but I think I ended up seeing like you know the tops of his horns sticking up over the ridge, and so I was like, oh, yep, there he is. You know, he's, yeah. he's coming back to make sure nothing's on his tail, or I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think antelope necessarily think like that but um it's probably just all instinct more than anything but but anyway so he pops over the hill and you know i go running up there and you know sneak along sneak along and i get to where i can just see him and he's probably 100 yards away and then he goes over this other little lip and so i bust over there you know kind of just this little swale um bust over that and anyways ended up getting within about um think about I think I was within 40 yards of him um and <laughs> I, don't, I think I might have told you about this one but I was literally sitting on my butt with my bow in my hand waiting for him to stand up like I mean all he had to do was stand up he was bedded quarter and away he just had to stand and I was I mean I was there I was ready to go I was I mean I had a range like everything was perfect and then all of a sudden I look over to my, to the North of me and here's these cows wow. <laughs> and, they're, and they're all just sitting there staring at me, you know? And then pretty soon I see this antelope, he's kind of looking around, you know, and, and, uh, and then sure enough, you know, these cows are all looking at me and then he stands up and I mean, didn't even like, did the classic, you know, bedded down to, 60 mile an hour antelope maneuver and blink of an eye ran out there to 150 yards and and uh anyways stood out there but but yeah but just like you were talking you know using the terrain to your advantage and you know waiting for him to go over those hills but but like i said i i, I mean i know i've had that multiple multiple times where it's like you think they go over and I've been busted like that before where you think they go over. And so you go busting up there and then, Oh no, there's a head sticking right there. Yep. Like, Son of a gun. <laughs> um, okay. And then, you know, and then it's game over. I mean, there's, you know, you don't have any, any chance. And so. Yeah. Or even if you're following a buck, you know, that's rutted out or not paying attention and he's got does with him. those does, I swear they're always looking at the hilltops and stuff. So it's like you pop over, the buck might be off to your left 70 yards, but you look down, there's a doe right there following yeah. them. And it's just like, you always got to pay attention. That's why when you creep up those hills, like you said, don't just come barreling over, you know, creep up and, and, you know, I mean, inch, inch to the top of that hill. I mean, if, if, uh, if you don't see the antelope going over the next hill, odds are they're right there where you saw them go over the hill. Just don't come barreling over that hill. Cause like you said, if the buck doesn't bust you, you know, he's got does with him. They aren't all just sticking around him. Yeah. Had that happen for too. So. Yeah. Cautiously aggressive. That's, that's a good yeah. one for, it, for sure. Cause you know, you don't want to dilly dally. Cause like you said, they're always moving, but yeah. at the same time you don't want to, you don't want to be reckless, but, but yeah. you got to at least try to give yourself a chance and say, you know, you stock enough, you're going to blow stocks and that's just what oh, it is. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you're going to make mistakes and you're going to get spotted. That's just the nature of it. I mean, um, 
you know, along those same lines too, um, just talking more about terrain, you know, so out where I hunt, you know, it's a lot of, um, this is south of Harrison, Nebraska, and a lot of open area, um, but there's also kind of some cuts, you know, like, um, and this is the same, I don't, if anybody's hunted up on the grasslands, I mean, I hunted there all the time in college too, and um, killed a couple bucks out there, but actually, actually how I killed two of my bucks was using those cuts, you know, like, mm -hmm. I mean, some of those cuts, you know, you, you, you stand in, you know, two, 300 yards away, they don't look like anything, but you get over there and it's this giant washout that you could literally walk up and nothing's going to see you, you know, like, I mean, yep. it's over your head. Like you could, you don't even have to crouch down, you know? <laughs> so like, um, you know, you can, you can use those and, um, you know, that's not necessarily the case, you know, south of Harrison there where I hunt, but, um, but there is some terrain and, you know, just trying to use those, um, those cuts to your advantage. You know, one thing, you know, I've made, certainly made a lot of mistakes stalking and different things. And, you know, one thing that, you know, I've realized for sure is, um, your odds of getting a shot if you're coming from below an antelope are pretty low. <laughs> yeah. Um, almost, you know, you really, if you, if at all possible, either come in at the same level or try to get above them if you can, um, you know, that may not always be possible, you know, just from wind direction or whatever. Um, but you know, if you're trying to come up from below, you're going to, it's going to be really difficult because odds are they're perched in a position where they're looking, you know, down They're They're trying to be high so that they can see down and that's what they're looking at. And so, um, and I mean, it seems like a lot of times too, they're, they're positioned in a way that, you know, their back is the wind is at their back and they're looking downhill. So, <laughs> or no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Wind is at their back and they're looking downhill. So yeah, it seems impossible, but, um, but there's, you know, there's certainly, obviously there's ways to get around it because guys kill antelope all the time. But that was one thing I was thinking about is use the terrain, but try to use it in a way that if you can try to get above them or at least, at least on their level, you know, like or maybe slightly above or are on their level just so you can, you know, try to maintain a little bit of that advantage. Um, and then, yeah, use those hills, man. Um, like you said, use those hills as much as you possibly can to your advantage. Cause I mean, I don't know. It just seems like, um, that's, that's really the only way to get close to them. So yeah, <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> cover is some type, like I said, their eyesight is, unbelievable so trying to stalk them in the open on the flats man that's you're talking low chances on that but not to say it can't be done but yeah i mean you know realistically if you're trying to sneak in if they can see if they can see you i mean i mean even if you're you know crouching down in the weeds like if they have a line of sight on you you know that's pretty low odds yeah i would say but <laughs> now i will say and this kind of might lead into our next deal uh using a decoy on the flats that's a different story yeah um if you're out of sight and they all of a sudden they go 
you know, on a flat or you're on a flat and they're coming out of the hill or something, you pop up a decoy, especially if you catch a buck in the right mood when he's rutting. Tell you what, I've seen that be effective. It's worked for me um, using a decoy. We have, we actually have a hat that we use. You put on your head, turn your hat around backwards. It's called Be the Decoy, and that might look funny, but tell you what, it's killed some goats for us. Um, that's another thing. If you're hunting hunting the rut or find a dominant buck with a bunch of does and are having trouble getting on him, try the decoy because it's they're aggressive. They're an aggressive critter, and when you catch them rutting, that might be what it takes to bring them into you. And I remember I was hunting with my buddy on his ranch a few years ago, and uh, I had that hat, and he had there's this buck he had all kinds of does with him and he was kind of down in this flat you know got out of these choppy hills and like dang it I'm never gonna get on this buck and uh they were kind of on this big green flat and there was a couple little rolling hills between us so I crawl up on this rolling hill and they're like they're the buck's over 100 yards well over 100 and I'm just like I ain't getting any closer I'm just like I'm gonna have to either back out of here and or just wait until they go into the hills. It was towards evening. I'm like, man, I'm going to run out of light. I had that hat with me. So I kind of put it on and poked my head up over the grass. And I had a doe, if I remember right. It, she was under 100. I mean, I, she was in shooting range, if I remember right. And all of a sudden, that buck saw me and that doe close to me. And holy cow, he came hauling. I mean, I thought he was going to plow right through me. And I, I'm scrambling to get my range finder ready. And he stops and, or he doesn't stop. He, he keeps coming at me full bore and all of a sudden he kind of veers like out in front of me and it's kind of broadside trotting at me, just loping along, like looking at me. And I shot and I shot right over him. Wow. And then, I mean, yeah, that, that was cool though. That, I still remember that. That buck came, I mean, I mean, he went zero to 60. He was not happy with me that I was about to take one of his does. So. Like I said, you find a buck like that with some does, it's all rutted up, pop that decoy up because I can guarantee if you catch him in the right mood, he's not going to be too happy with you and he's going to come to take you out. Definitely. Yeah, you know, I haven't haven't had a ton of success with the decoys, but like I said, I've never, haven't really used one in the heart of the, you know, kind of the heart of the rut type of time period. Sorry, my dogs are making a lot of noise. But. <laughs> um but, uh, but yeah, no, I know it can be effective though. And I know guys use it and I know you've talked about it and you've told me about it before. And, um, you know, I think, uh, definitely can be a tool to have in your back pocket, just something else that you. It definitely can. I mean, trying to use it alone. That's why I like the hat, but trying to use like an actual de decoy alone, that can be a pain. Yeah. Cause you gotta, like I said, antelope like to move, you gotta be ready to move. You know, it's not, gonna be like a white tail where you just set them there and they come in puffed up nice and slow for you they're gonna come flying in there as quick as they can and it's you know they might veer left they might veer right and you got to be ready to range and move the decoy and it's alone it can be a pain that's why i like the hat like i said but no if you're hunting with a buddy and you got a buck like that that decoy is definitely effective as aggressive as them things can be yeah for sure um, something else I had written down while you were talking is, um, and we kind of hit on it a little bit already, but, um, you know, over the years, 
Um, you know, I haven't killed a ton of antelope. You've killed way more than I have, but um, I do enjoy it a lot. And I feel like I've got a lot of experience just, you know, hunting those things. And um, one thing is, uh, I, would, I would just say patience for sure. You know, you kind of alluded to that. Um, you know, if you get on an antelope and um, you're, I, I know Brian Barney always talks about it. Get yourself within striking distance, you know get within striking distance um, and then position yourself in, in such a way that, you know, if that antelope decides to, to give you an opportunity that you can take advantage of it and, and not, you know, not to, to be reckless, you know, and to go in and try to stalk in a low percentage situation. But if you get yourself in a spot where you've got an antelope and you're, you know, say two, 300 yards away, you know, you're in a good spot. You you know where the antelope is. You know, say they're bedded or whatever. It's middle of the day, and just think, okay, I'm gonna wait here. You know, see what happens, um, and then yeah, maybe they'll, uh, um, you know, get up and move behind a hill or something. I mean, I I was thinking last year. There's another one last year. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, but um, you know, I had this. Uh, it's hunting a just a different spot. I mean, it's same, same, uh, ranch, but just a different pasture and spotted this buck, you know, got up there. I was kind of sitting in this little bowl and he's sort of in this little, uh, it's like a little Valley, I guess. He's probably, I don't know, at that time he was maybe 150 to 200 yards away from where I was. Um, but I got to that point and I, I couldn't go any farther, you know, I, I was, I was stuck. There was no, there was no possible way that I was going to be able to get any closer. I mean, even, you know, I could, I thought about, well, maybe I could back out, you know, try to get around him, try to do this, try to do that. And eventually I decided, no, the wind's going to be bad that way. Wind's, you know, that's not going to work. And so I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to sit here, <laughs> just going to sit here and I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to see what he does. Like he's bedded right now. He's going to get up eventually, you know, let's just see what happens. And so, so I waited there and I probably sat there. It was probably a couple hours. I would bet. Um, I think he got up a couple times, you know, and just kind of munched around where he was and then he'd lay back down again. Um, but eventually, um, the last time he gets up and he starts walking. And so, you know, I'm watching him, I'm watching him and he goes behind this hill and I'm like, okay, now's the time, you know? So I, you know, I had my stuff already. I freaking book it over there, you know, pop over this little knob. And I, I'm in like this little depression, almost like a little bowl, like all the way around me is like a little ridge, you know, it's like almost the perfect little setup, you know, it's like, I was kind of sitting in a hole almost and I had like a little earth blind around me, you know? And, uh, anyways, I, I, uh, sitting there and, you know, got my release, everything's all ready. And, um, just waiting, waiting, you know, looking, 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 just kind of peek my head up every now and then. And I finally peek my head up and I see him and I'm like, Oh man, he's coming, you know? And at that point he's probably, I didn't get a range on him at that right at that moment I mean figured he's probably 50 60 yards and then you know and then I'm sitting there pop my head up again just to try to get a range because at that point I'm thinking well he's within shooting distance for sure 
Um, and so, you know, I'm going to try to uh, get a shot at him. Um, and I think I popped my head up. And I don't remember for sure what happened. I mean, obviously the end of the story is I didn't get the antelope, but, <laughs> but I think I, I think I tried to range him. Um, and I don't remember if he saw me then, or I think he might've, no, I don't think he's, I think I did get a range on him. And then I was still waiting because he might've been, I think he was kind of facing towards me or something. And, and I think I had just peeked up one more time to try to see where he was. Um, and then I think he must have seen me or, or seen something. Um, and he took off. And because um, the next time I peek up, I said, where's the antelope? <laughs> the antelope's gone. <laughs> you know, like he wasn't there. Um, and I'm pretty sure, he, I mean, he was, you know, probably, he probably got into 30 yards or so. And he was probably you know, almost too close where if right. I just maybe, you know, like I said, woulda, shoulda, coulda, but, um, but of course then he runs out there at about a hundred, 150 yards. But my, my point in the story was um, that, yeah, just being patient and, you know, waiting for that opportunity um, to give yourself a, you know, high percentage chance and to, you know, use the terrain like we've been talking, you know, I guess maybe you can touch to a little bit on the, the wind stuff, the wind has been my nemesis hunting antelope several times. Um, oh, yeah. And has really, uh, um, really put a sour taste in my mouth. There's a, there's a, there's a big antelope buck on my buddy's wall that the buddy that I, whose uh, place that I hunt on, um, well, it's actually his wife's family's place, but that doesn't matter. But anyways, um, there's a big antelope buck on his wall that I had at about probably 20 yards. I was sitting behind a bale and I'd come to full draw and I was just waiting for him to walk out and the wind, he caught my scent and just, I mean, didn't even give me half a second to try to shoot, you know, like just boom, gone, you know, just took off at a dead sprint and then did the classic 150 yards. Yeah, stand there and, out there and look at you. Yeah. Make noise. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. Yep. No, they uh, they will smell you. I mean, it's it could, it's a misconception a lot of people get that they don't have the best nose, and they're every bit as good as maybe not as good as a white tail, but I mean they they'll nail you. If you very just, adequate. <laughs> what's that? I said they're they're very adequate at smelling. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Exactly. No, yeah, and that's the thing. You, beer, you, but, you yeah. get into a lot of those hills out there, and you get might have a steady north wind or whatever direction doesn't matter um and it'll hit those side hills and it'll swirl down there so that's where you can get into some trouble into those you know in those choppy hills is some switching wind direction in there when it's you know the wind's swirling down in those bowls and stuff so you got to be conscious of it you know constantly as you're following these antelope because uh you switch directions and your scent blows towards them you know it's game over so it's definitely something you got to keep in mind when you're doing it. You know, like I said, maybe you don't have to be as careful as a whitetail, like spraying down and all that stuff, but it, it helps. But, um, that, I mean, wind's wrong, the wind's wrong. It's game over if they catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, sort of playing off of that story I just told, I guess, 
make sure if you, you know, those of you that are going out antelope hunting this fall and, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for a good range finder, you know, especially mm -hmm. with the equipment that we have today. And, you know, our bows are very capable, of, you know, shooting out to, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards in the right circumstances, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, you got to be able to get a good range. And especially with the antelope, you got to be able to get a, get a good range through some grass. Honestly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> and I remember, you know, I had one. A couple of years, I just got a new one recently that's much better, but a couple of years ago I had, you know, had a different one and man, it was virtually impossible to get a range through grass, which doesn't help you any. Um, no, exactly. You know, if you're laying on your stomach, you know, trying to range through grass, that has, you know, caused me a lot of stress before and it's, you're going to be hunting them and that stuff. I mean, there's no getting around it you, you're going to be on your belly or your knees when you're shooting most of the time so uh yeah you hit the nail on the head have a range finder that can read through some grass because yeah. i i had a range finder that i thought was just fantastic at bushnell bought it when i was younger just thought it was you know best range finder ever and it couldn't read through grass so might as well have not even had it with me because yeah you know, tell you what couldn't have switched from that thing faster yeah yeah no i mean you know you got to be able to because if you get much of your head above the grass i mean they're gonna see you every single time like yeah no question i mean yeah you get you get one move it's not pop up range them down come up and draw it's you better have them ranged and you get you know one chance to make your move to shoot them yep. that's all you're gonna get so you waste any time popping up over the grass, exposing yourself, ranging them. You know, you just might as well call her quits right there because they're going to bust you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what else can we talk about with antelope? They taste good. They do taste really good. Um, that is for sure one thing very underappreciated, I feel like. I mean, I feel like most people in our circle um, appreciate them and, and you know, uh, definitely definitely like to eat them. But I, I've heard a lot of negative things about antelope in my life. I, and I, I can honestly say antelope, I mean, I've had a lot of wild game, and antelope is easily in my top three, easily. Yeah. I'd I'd rather have it than deer. I mean, and there's yeah, times when I've had it, and I'm like, that's every bit as good as elk. You know, yeah. it's it's up there. And I think a big mistake people make is not getting them cooled down. You know, you're hunting them this time of year when it's ninety some degrees. You're letting them bloat. You're hauling them around. And not only that, the the hair on them too. They got an oil on it that if you get that on the meat yeah it's gonna taste goaty if it's covered in hair and, uh, yeah. so getting them gutted quick and skin quick and cooled down that's key if you want to have your meat taste good proper meat care is so important with antelope i yep. sure agree i mean you have that thing right around in the back of your pickup for more than two or three hours you're going to be in trouble yep exactly uh, that's where they get their bad rap from yeah. Somebody kills it when it's 95 degrees out, lets it sit in the back of their pickup, and it's, yeah, it's going to taste horrible. I agree with you. Yeah. 
definitely. Um, you know, as a something kind of interesting last year, um, uh, one of my buddies, you know, he, he shot one with his muzzle loader, and um, so I, you know, I'd always been under the impression, and I think I, I heard the I heard the Stephen Ranella talk about this too on um, the uh, on the Meat Eater podcast a couple weeks ago, but. Was that that uh, red? Uh, what what was that episode called? Red something? The red cutters or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Cut, I heard. Yeah, I read a thing on both sides about that. How good that episode was, and I actually got it. I'm gonna listen to it tomorrow. So yeah, it's for sure worth your time. Yeah, if anybody's listening, they haven't listened to that, and they want to know about meat and meat care, and I mean, my goodness, listen to that episode. Yeah, I think it's called Red Red Cutter or Dark. Well, Dark Cutter. I think, I think it's Red Cutter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's Meat Eater Podcast episode. Um, it's been about a month ago or so, maybe. But yeah, um, I don't remember if it's on that episode or not, but they were talking about how, you know, I've always heard or been under the impression, you know, you don't want to get your 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 red meat in water, okay? Mm-hmm. Like in water, like, um, you know, you don't just because it, you know, it, well, first of all, it turns it this weird color and it just, you just don't, you know, I've always heard this, don't want this, blah, 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 whatever. Anyways, um, well, last year, my buddy, buddy shot an antelope and he just like skinned it through these hindquarters on ice real quick. Um, and he asked me, and I, I didn't, hadn't shot one. So he asked me, well, hey, do you want this? Um, and I said, well, yeah, sure. And so we did all, you know, the proper stuff or whatever he said well here's my permit number i checked it in this and that so you know whatever um and so he gave me his antelope well when he pulls up you know it's in this cooler with ice and i was like oh man you couldn't like put it in a bag or something you know <laughs> that's what i was kind of thinking but um but i was like oh no i'll you know i'll take it so i took it and i brought it home and and uh and i have to say like honestly um i couldn't tell any difference i mean yeah I mean, we've, we've eaten that almost that entire antelope now. Um, and my wife loves antelope. Um, she prefers that over anything. Um, and yeah, um, I couldn't tell the difference. I mean, I, I did, I mean, I kind of trimmed it up just a little bit, you know, some of the, like the outside kind of rind area that had been sitting in the water for a while. Um, you know, it was ice water, it was cold, but just, you know, it kind of been, kind of trim some of that off a little bit and and, I mean less than an eighth of an inch under that was just pure nice red meat so yeah like you know I don't think so anyways if if you have what I was getting at with that is if you have a choice between oh man I really just need to get this meat cooled down but I don't want to put in this bucket of water or whatever you know or ice water just put it in the ice water it'll be fine like it's not no not gonna hurt it um but anyways so yeah that uh but yeah antelope meat for sure very good very tasty um yeah anything else i don't know i feel like we I feel like we touched up on everything uh i guess if you do decide to sit water um be patient yeah yeah, and, yeah that's that's pretty much the key to the game there so yeah yeah I, I have some i have another story about that that was probably three or four years ago sitting a windmill 
was at the windmill for I think three days in a row. Um, did not see an antelope. <laughs> Ooh, I can. And the fourth day, I'm out spotting stalking, and I come over the hill by this windmill, and there's a group of antelope with, of a, nice, with a nice duck yeah. at the water hole that I was sitting yeah. for the previous three days. So be patient. <laughs> yeah. If there's tracks around it, they'll be there. Hopefully within a week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully within a week. No, you're spot on though. If there's tracks there, they've used it at some point. Just don't get antsy and crawl out of your blind and go looking for them because most likely you're going to come back and they're going to be there. That's just the way it goes. Yeah. Um, Murphy's Law, right? Yeah, exactly. Go wrong, go wrong. But yeah. Anyways, so. Well, good deal, man. Um, Safe travels tomorrow. Yeah, thank Good you. Good luck. Hopefully you don't get bit by skeeters in the blind. I suppose if it's been too dry out there, it probably won't be too bad. But. Yeah, I hope not. I would hate to sleep with skeeters all over. That might get a little miserable. But. Yeah, You got a thermosel? You should take that if you got uh, one. I actually, our, uh, na- my dad said our neighbor has one. I might have to go knock on his door real quick tonight yeah. see if i can borrow it but yeah or pick one up at walmart i'm sure yeah might as well just buy one have a feeling you're going to be bad during deer season for the first few weeks as wet as it's been yeah i think you're, you're probably right but. all right man well good um all right yeah, safe travels good luck i'm sure we'll we'll talk before i get out and do any hunting so yep i'll yeah. text you and let you know how it's going hopefully i got service down in there perfect so all right all right well i guess with that this is this is kyle clomer and this is zach welch and this is the good life bow hunter official podcast of the nba good luck to anybody getting out hunting